0: to another one as well. Have you noticed um, let me just show you something from the scriptures. When you understand this, you understand why it's important to sing songs of Zion. I will never lose my song I will sing it every day I will never lose my soul. I will sing Okay. Psalm 137 verse 1. I'll get to the preaching soon. Psalm 137. verse 1, Look at this. The Bible says that by the rivers of oh sorry, by the rivers of Babylon. I think some people thought it, it came from the scripture. But it's a very sad scenario, by the way. I wouldn't understand why anyone <laughs> would sing it. Look at what it's saying. It's saying, by the rivers of Babylon. Some of you may not know, but Israel was in captivity to uh, the Babylonian kingdom. And so it's by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Here we wept when we remembered Zion. Next verse. We hung our harps, meaning the first sign of captivity. What do you do? You hang your harps. Have you noticed that every mood has got songs? Suddenly you remember that writer who wrote an album after a breakup. And that's, that's just, that's what you're feeling. You've hung your harps. Suddenly you remember that rapper who raps about how the whole world hates him. The guy had haters before he became famous. Hey, I know the whole world is against me because of my nice car. Shall call you? And you can relate because of your S4. And it says we hang our harps. I'm telling you. And then look at what the Bible says. Uh-huh. For those who carried us away captives, asked us asked of us a song and those who plundered us requested saying sing us one of the songs of Zion and I think this is where those guys wrote remember that song in Sunday school 50 years in the land of Babylon though technically it wasn't 50 years <laughs> I hope you know it wasn't 50 years old. Oh? Wasn't it 70? Plus <laughs> it wasn't 50. <laughs> now, I know we used to sing that one. I was the one, which was about 50 years. Everyone needed to know that I'm around. It's like the "Yes, Jesus loves me. I had to make sure the whole Sunday school knows that I know. My face would change. It was a competition. Who can say it the loudest? Yes, I know. <laughs> Anyway, it's a good one. So it says, those who carried us were captive asked of us of a song. And those who plundered us, requested saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. By the way, when you read this scripture, you understand why I hope you know you've come to Mount Zion you understand why there are some songs that are difficult to sing once you've got a revelation that you're in Mount Zion because some some people sing songs of like maybe okay it's, you know it is well <laughs> when I do the teaching today you understand why sometimes people have not upgraded but some people sing songs like maybe like where it's like they sing songs for before salvation like just for like one minute before salvation like jesus is there at the cross so like you've gone there with all your dirt and and so yes and usually they have this like sad tone like please just take me the way i am you know myself, the things I do, but then after you've been saved my friend he's already grabbed you the way you were and then he changed you what do you do? You graduate to so, please, you you, you change myself (laughs) you graduate, ah please give me something Zionish, you graduate to songs of Zion and look at the next verse, it says how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land There is what is called the Lord's song. Have you ever read what happened, the song Miriam sang when they left Egypt? That's what we call the Lord's song. And if you are to study the scriptures, you'll notice that most of the names of God were not even given, some of them were not given by God. It's the people who would coin that. Like for example, Jehovah Jireh, it's Abraham who coined that term. He said, ah, the Lord will provide. I don't know if you're getting my point. Songs of Zion, it's why you sing the Lord's song. It's a song that glorifies the goodness of God. Never lose your song. Uh Uh-huh. So how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? So for you, who's now in Zion, this is what you must do. Give me Ephesians. First, give me Colossians. Let me show you something. Chapter 3, verse 16. I've not just said preaching, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. look at what the bible says it says let the word of christ dwell in you richly ask somebody how richly is the word of christ dwelling in you some of you are not asking after i show them what's up to my scriptures at least 25 just to show me come on you can begin number one Second passage, chapter 25. That's 25. So, and it says, it says. christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom now here is what happens when the word of god dwells in you richly you find yourself being wise and you find yourself it, it influences the way you speak because you'll be admonishing one another and then look at what else it does to you it produces what psalms Hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Meaning, when the word of God grows in you richly, what happens? There's always a song. As if that's not enough. Let's see what happens when you are filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, please. Don't be drunk with wine. it's not necessary it's a replacement this scripture is showing you why people get drunk with wine there's something they've not experienced so it says do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation or another version which leads to debauchery but rather be filled with the spirit it's continuous and here's what happens when you are filled with the spirit uh huh. speaking to one another it influences the way you speak what next in psalms hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melodies in your heart to the lord so when you are full of the word what happens you sing when you are full of the spirit what happens you sing i hope you understand now why we sing a lot but songs of Zion hallelujah songs of Zion church name even says songs of Zion huh? every two minutes you walk another one two steps I'm in love I'm in love if you're getting my point, before going to write an exam, born, born, born again. Thank God, I'm born again. I don't know if you're getting my way. Hallelujah. <laughs> if the CA is not necessarily the best, whether today is soon show. Why, why am I getting more shouts for that? <laughs> ah, you change me. <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't know if you're really getting my point. Glory to God. Songs of Zion. Songs of Zion. You're yeah, the mirror. Doing whatever you do there. Take a look at me. I'm a wonder. A believer okay <laughs> okay let's let's get to the scriptures do dun, dun 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 Fred come down you need to preach okay Genesis 1 Genesis 1 Okay, Genesis 1 Genesis 1 Okay Give a random high five to somebody next to you Tell them Your life will never be the same after this sermon Give that to another neighbor Done. So now by the way, um I remember when I was writing that one, it was the time we were doing the series, I think, on Guard It. You know, there are times where you get a spiritual from the Lord, sometimes you force it. I don't think you get it from him. I don't even get it point. sometimes it gives you, sometimes you get it. And I was thinking because whenever I'm meditating on something, I like to find a song to meditate with you know, by the way, that singing is one of the easiest ways to meditate on the word? Because to meditate, you have to speak. You know that anything you sing easily becomes a part of you, and you easily remember it. Some of you can still remember those baby songs you used to sing from the 1990s. I don't know if you're getting my point. How did you memorize it? And when it's played at weddings, (laughs) you're trying to stop your brain. How your brain is there. (laughs) Do you know how you memorize it? You spoke it did you ever sit down and say today let me memorize this song, it's very, usually people don't do that, it's just that the more they sing it the more it becomes a part of them so if you want to grow, one one way to grow is meditation so if you want to grow in the word listen to spirit filled, word filled songs that's what you must do so I remember I was, I was asking myself saying what can I meditate on and then I was thinking about the word of God and that's when I wrote the lyrics because I was struggling to find many songs that just talk about God's word so I wrote your word is enough to give me victory it's been my shelter in the rain your word is alive and it's growing inside of me and my faith gets bigger by the day imagine you're telling yourself that every day. And then, since it says making melodies in your heart, I say, let's add a melody. You can do that as well. Okay. Genesis chapter 1, verse 16. I will be dealing today with this topic. Now, for you to understand the topic, you have to understand the series I'm in. We're dealing with the mountain series. The first part of the series, we, 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 we dealt with the aspect of epignosis, revelation, to show that the Bible is a very revelatory book. That means it's not always contextual. It's very revelatory. You can prove that from the book of Matthew and from the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, when you study the scriptures, you'll find it interesting that sometimes you would have one, one prophetic scripture Fulfilling three prophecies in different times, and that scripture can fulfill a prophecy for you today. Hallelujah. So, the Bible is a very revelatory book, so we dealt with the aspect of revelation. Oh my friend, come down. Then almost went into this is the highest calling. People of God, I've been believing God for a worship service one of these Sundays. Okay, so nevertheless, it's a very revelatory book. Then, we went on to deal with the revelation of the mountain of God. We looked at how in the Old Testament there was a physical mountain, Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, that symbolized the mountain of God. But only Moses was caught up to it. The people were even afraid to touch it, otherwise they would be dead. There's a way they had to clean themselves. They had to become holy before they can climb the mountain hallelujah. But then, we studied how that mountain is now spiritual. And when we studied how that mountain is now spiritual, we went on to the book of Hebrews where we discovered that we have come to Mount Zion. And so, we've now got a duty to climb that mountain. We live there. We can climb it. We can seek higher truths we can climb it and so we started by talking about how in order to climb it let's get our journey right I remember I think that's the day the arts team interrupted me right well, over Zilas that day and we looked at how you have to let go of sin and weights because sin will trap you and weights will burden you then last week we looked at how you need to deal with your foundations hello no, last week someone was the one last week we looked at how you need to deal with your foundations and now this week I have a very prophetic message for you and I want us to see something Revelations 4 verse 1. This is what the Lord is saying to us. After these things, by the way, by the time it was Revelations 4, John had already had serious encounters. But look at this verse 1. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this for Moses to climb the mountain God called him and said come up God is telling us come like come climb it but it's up to you to climb it there are greater truths and that's what we are dealing with today. I've entitled my sermon, I refuse to camp by the sea. Hallelujah. Turn to your ne- you know the catch now. You turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse to camp by the sea. It will make, it will make sense in time. Let's deal with a bit of revelation here. Genesis 1 verse 16. Oh, here you have to catch it. Please, 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 people of God, pretend this is an exam and they've told you the first two hours you're not allowed to go out. It will help you for your own sake. Genesis 1, verse 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Now like I mentioned, when reading the scriptures, you'll find there is the contextual side and we know that this has to do with celestial bodies in the atmosphere. But we also know that when reading the scriptures, we find patterns of God. And we can find God revealing his wisdom through different things. Because God can reveal his wisdom through nature. And I believe there is a revelatory wisdom that we can get from that scripture that has to do with climbing up the mountain. Then to your neighbor and say, I refuse to camp by the sea. Okay. In the Bible, lights has always been synonymous with revelation. It's always been uh, acquainted with knowledge. It's always been acquainted with truth. At the same time, darkness has always been acquainted with lack of knowledge and lack of truth. Light has always been Synonymous with revelation. Darkness with lack of knowledge. And I'll prove that to you from the scriptures that light has always been acquainted with revelation. Give me John 12, verse 36. Make sure you maintain that same one exactly like that. John 12, verse 36. This is Jesus speaking of himself. And he says, While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may also become sons of light. Verse 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should never walk in darkness. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. How many of you have ever wondered? I have before how many people here have ever wondered why they were so stubborn before they got born again like this stuff is so rich why why didn't you listen I remember one time I think I was about 13 and I was walking in 2 Corinthians 4 I was walking in I was walking somewhere and there's a preacher who stopped me God bless his soul and I was with a few friends and he began to preach to us I found him so funny I felt he could do better things with his life I wish I remembered his face I would like just to text him to encourage him That's why sometimes you know We have cases where like sometimes I'll be walking And the like And maybe someone stops me and Wants to preach to me or Share a scripture with me I will not tell them I'm a pastor I will allow them to do it just for their encouragement Hallelujah Just for their encouragement It's okay And look at what the Bible says about our previous state. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. So it means that the lack of knowledge of Christ is referred to as darkness and the knowledge of God is referred to as light. Look at this give me Ephesians 1 verse 18. I'm I'm just showing you how in the scriptures light is always synonymous with revelation and with knowledge. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, if you read it from the Amplified, it says being flooded with light that you may know. So light in the scriptures is synonymous with knowledge. Let me show you another one. Psalm 82. Oh my goodness, it's been five minutes and we've already quoted how many scriptures? How many have we quoted today? <laughs> seven or eight. Eh? Five, six, seven or eight. If you had to add plus the exhortation, then plus the one uh the Mandani quoted. Alice Mumba. Who quoted for us the entire Amos? <laughs> Afterwards, then obviously someone quoted the scripture during testimony time. I was sure if you're not growing in this church, <laughs> I'll question you. <laughs> so, Psalm 80, I want you to see this verse. Mm-hmm. I want us to read something. Verse 5. Look at what it says. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness, or the foundations of the earth are unstable. So they don't know, they walk about in darkness. Then look at the next verse. I have said you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. But the next verse is sad. But you die like mere men and fall like one of the princes. Why? Because they don't know and they don't understand. So they walk about in darkness. And I'm reminded of Isaiah 60, which says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And it says, Darkness shall cover the earth. And you notice that the world. Has been robbed of the knowledge of God. That's darkness. But light is symbolic of the knowledge of God. So take me back now to Genesis 1 verse 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night you observe if you study your church history that the church has had seasons allow me to introduce today a revelation that they are greater lights there are greater levels of knowledge there are greater levels of truth and we are told that in these last days the knowledge of God will increase meaning the revelation of God will increase so there were some lights which were there to rule a certain time but some of them have been displaced for lack of better term, by a greater light. You will see. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you ready to climb up the mountain? And then tell them, I refuse to come at the sea. You will understand as we go on. now, you may not know, but We are in a season as a body of Christ where it's really about what you know. Daniel did say the knowledge of God will increase. I don't want to go more into that one. But let me give you just a little bit of church history for you to understand. How many of you know what the first church was called? According to the Bible. Okay. So the first church ever was called the church. How many of you know that? The first church ever in the Bible was the church. Let's be honest with ourselves. There was no church in the Bible called Pentecostal. There was no church in the Bible called Baptist. There was no church in the Bible called Catholic. The first church was called the church. And then the churches, the branches, the individual churches would be named sometimes according to location. So, in short, if you are from Ephesus, your church would be called the Ephesians. Mainly churches were known by locations. If you are from Philippi, the church would be called. The Philippians, so us would have been the Kalingalingans, and during this period, most of the churches were connected. The central govern, the the, the, central, the central governors of the church, especially the, of the Jewish community was the governance that Jesus left with Peter being the general of Asia, if you're Pentecostal or if you're from other circles I don't know, you can give him all sorts of names the bishop, the pope, anything but Peter was the guy he was the main guy and they had churches that were accountable to them as time went by the church became very comfortable in Jerusalem and yet the promise of God was not for them to stay in Jerusalem. They were supposed to spread out. And you remember how they spread out, eh? Persecution. And when they began to spread out, they began to go in different areas. The Bible doesn't tell us about all of them. But history, if you study your history, I think Bartholomew, if I'm not mistaken, Bartholomew or Thomas must, must have gone to India. That's history legend has it one of them stopped a fire legend has it but nevertheless all we know is that this thing was there because we are a lot of us now <laughs> we are millions all over the world and so Christianity or as it used to be called the way was considered to be like a cult by the people that side. And we all know that at that time, the biggest empire was the Roman Empire. And so the Roman Empire, sort of, how can I put it? Christianity was considered illegal. We couldn't meet the way we are meeting like this. That's why people would meet in houses. They we're the first people to have cell groups. Reason being, it was illegal. You'd be 15 in the congregation. If you come the next week and you notice you are 13, you even not two of you were taken. And then the church went through what is called... Wait, is somebody following? <laughs> the church went through what is called the dark ages. The knowledge of God was little. Then one emperor... decided that Christianity was going to be the official religion of his empire and he was a Roman Empire but he decided saying okay Christianity will be the official religion but let's not leave anyone out so let's call it let's make it something universal Let's make it all embracing. I'm sure you know the other word for universal is the word catholic. And that began God bringing back the church. And light began to shine. By the way, I believe we are greatly indebted the Catholic Church because they brought back congregational worship. The knowledge of God in that day was still young. Why? One of the reasons was simple. The Bible was in Latin. It was in Latin and oh my goodness, let me not go too far with this. But it was in Latin and it was called the Textus Receptus which simply means the received text. If you've interacted in Catholic circles, you observe that when priests are being ordained, there are some words that are recited in Latin because the Bible was in Latin. That was the dark ages of the church. Things started to get back. It was now legal to pray again. And as time went by, because the Bible was in latin people never had access to it so people never valued the knowledge of god the only access they had to the word of god was whoever is teaching them and some of the people teaching them also hadn't read the bible because it was in latin and they didn't all know latin if you go from that time till now a lot of things happened Suddenly, it it was illegal to translate the Bibles. Some people still translated it anyway. It was banned in this kingdom. So he managed to shift the Bible to another kingdom where there was a king called King James. Then King James authorized it. So it became the King James authorized version. And so, I don't know if you're getting my point. Then you go over and over and over and over. But what you begin to discover is that the knowledge of God began to increase. And this is biblical. That is a prophecy. Give me Daniel chapter number 12. Have I lost anyone? Hello, should you say yes? Give me verse 42. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Give me from the amplifier. What does it say? But you or Daniel, shut up the words. And seal the book until the time of the end. Then many shall run to and fro and search anxiously through the book, and the knowledge of God's purposes as revealed by his prophets shall be increased and become great. In short, in the last days, there was going to be a greater light. A greater light. As a matter of fact, it's prophesied that in the last days there will be a famine, but not a famine of rain, but a famine of the word, where people will get hungry, and they will seek greater truths. So what's my point? As you are climbing up the mountain, you've done your foundations. As you go up the mountain, as you're growing up spiritually, you will discover that there are higher truths in higher places. Oh, I hope I've not lost you. Haven't you noticed Jesus come and say You have heard that it was said That you can divorce your wife But now I tell you That unless this this, is What was he doing He was exposing them to a higher dimension of living And he told them The reason why we told you that Is because your hearts were hardened But look now we are dealing with people who are born again We are dealing with people who have got hearts of flesh So at higher levels There are higher truths that you function with Wonder the Bible says To him who knows So when you have an understanding of that There is a way you will read the scriptures I know we will be together soon When you have an understanding of that You will get to discover There are some people who all their Christian life They've been Christians 30 years Whenever they read the scriptures All they do is turn to the woman with the issue of blood And they are always the woman with the issue of blood It's always them not if I can just touch the hem of your garment, if I can just touch the hem of your garment, but guess what? There is a higher truth than that. You know what the higher truth than that is? What if you can be Peter, who's observing how the woman is being healed, learning how to do it himself, but you know another higher truth? What if when you read that scripture, you can, when you read it, you can read yourself as Jesus. Because the Bible says, as he is in heaven, so are we here on earth. So for you, you are seeing yourself as a solution to people's issues. Listen, if every time you are reading the Bible, you are blind Bartimaeus, you will not grow spiritually. There are higher truths you can discover. Of course, you can encounter God from the place of blind Bartimaeus. But my friend, you can grow up and become that rock upon which the church is built. You can grow up. You can start from wanting him to help you fish in the water. But you can grow up and become a fisher of men. There are higher truths. Yes, you can clap a bit as we rest. (laughs) And and now someone may be saying, Apostle, is this stuff biblical? Of course, give me Hebrews 6 verse 1. We talked about foundations, right? And look at what it says. Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, from the New King James... Leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. In short, we can go on to bigger teachings. We can go on to greater truths. Then he says, not laying again the foundation. So the whole essence of having a strong foundation is so that you can build, build a big and nice, lovely house. If this year you begin building and you show us, I know we've laid the foundation. I know we'll congratulate you. It's a good job. If next year we come to see you and you're still showing us, have you seen how strong my foundation is? We'll congratulate you. The other year, have you seen how powerful my foundation is? We'll begin to think what on earth is going on. If for 10 years all you have is a foundation, then what was the point of the foundation? The whole essence of the foundation being strong is so that it can hold a big building. Listen to me. Some of us are playing. <laughs> I will say that again. We are playing. We are still, we always just want to be babied and do baby things. And I mean, anyways. And, and you want a pastor who all he will tell you is this week is your week. That's all you want. And just give you an encouragement. That's all come on. There are greater truths. They are greater. Tr- there are higher dimensions. There is more to your spiritual life. Not just being blind Zakameh, but Hey, Now, someone may ask Apostle Fred, why have you entitled the sermon, I refuse to come at the sea? People of God, there was a time in the scriptures, there was a nation of Israel. This nation was under captive to Egypt with pharaoh being the leader and i can tell you that egypt is symbolic of bondage egypt is symbolic of sin we were all under bondage we are under sin if i must mention something if i was teaching on renewing the mind you know what i would tell you if I was teaching on renewing the mind, I would tell you how. Have you noticed that those Israelites really troubled Moses? They would always say, were there not graves in Egypt? Were there not graves in Egypt? Meaning, even though the Egyptian soldiers drowned in the sea, there were to my little Egyptians in their brains who were always controlling them. They were still in bondage because they didn't renew their mind. How can they start admiring the graves of Egypt? To my little Egyptians in their mind? No. Remembering the bar. Can can you leave Egypt? Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you left Egypt. And I hope you carried your mind with you. So now, when they escaped from Egypt, notice the first thing that happened, they had to cross the Red Sea. And if you see the description of the scriptures. Uh, Dennis Pundi, come. Like one stand there, one stand here. No, no, no. Like face each other. If you see the description of the, of the scriptures, you notice that. Put your hands up. Yeah, you can put them up. Just lift your hands in the air, wave them like you just don't care. Okay. If you see the description of the scriptures, the sea parted ways. So it was like this. And you know how big a sea is So they walked like this with the sea like this. My guys, guys. That was not meant to happen. Words are spiritual. Okay, just leave him. It's okay. We should go instead. Hallelujah. Just leave him. Just leave leave him. It is well. Let him sit for a while. Yeah, let, no, it's okay. Let's just not do the example. Let's not do the example. Okay, so where was I? The sea. Them walking past the sea. You know what that's symbolic of? Baptism. That's symbolic of water baptism. Now here is the trouble. The trouble comes if after you have crossed the Red Sea. Yes, you are not in Egypt. But the trouble comes when you build a city just after the Red Sea and you set up camp there. Means that's why you've ended. Oh yes, you've crossed the Red Sea. But you've set up camp there. Then the problem comes in when your friends have walked a bit, and when they've walked, they found manna. And they come back to you and say, Look, manna, and you say, As we don't believe in that according to our doctrine, which my father's 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 grandfather believed. Our God is the God of the Red Sea. So we'll call our church Red Sea Ministries. And every Sunday will be a history lesson of what God used to do. And he will do one day in the sweet by and by. And then there are some people who decided after they found manna. That's where it ends. So us, no, us in this ministry, we just teach. You know, we just preach. That, that's all we do. It ends there. It's just about the word of God and what the word of God can do for you. And they're teaching very good doctrine. But they've come at manner. So when someone else comes and says, guys, No, 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 we don't believe that. We've set up camp on manna. But weren't you told that the promise is the promise, we've set up camp on manna. But weren't you told that greater things than this, shall... we've set up camp on manna. What about the baptism of the Spirit and speaking in other tongues? Hey, I, you know what they will tell, tell you? No, no, no. About speaking in other tongues, if you can't interpret. But they themselves are not speaking and interpreting set up come on manner, Meaning sometimes it's just an argument. It's not a desire for biblical truth. Why aren't you interpreting and showing us? No. Why are you praying in tongues which people don't understand? That's the point. We don't want you to hear our prayers. The Bible says he that speaks in a tongue <laughs> does not speak to men. He speaks direct to God. <laughs> you think I want you in my business with God. That's what the Bible says. I, I do No wonder I'm not praying to you someone say but you, you know where it becomes confusion it's confusion if i stand before you as a church and say uh, hello church today's sermon is point number one catch it in the spirit then that's confusion if i am that's why you notice so if what if i'm teaching and then a tongue comes then what i say next is the interpretation so it's not really a desire for the truth it's a desire for an argument like us we've just ended on manna then there are other people who found quail yeah 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 so they believe in they believe in the Red Sea they believe in yeah they believe in the Red Sea they believe in manna they believe in quail then other people come to tell them actually guys water can come from rocks eh hey. Those are not miracles of God. Such miracles. I remember, I remember once I posted. There's a man I was watching, I think he's from Malawi. His name is Surpriser Sitoli, something like that. And he's, he's raised, I think they, they had documented something where he's prayed for about three or four people who were dead and they came back to life. So I posted about that. And someone sent me, a someone argued on my post. They argued. It's not possible. And I replied, ah, but didn't Jesus do that? And they said, no, 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 no. That was Jesus. Now us, we have the Holy Spirit. I was like, what? Some of you may wonder why I don't talk about certain issues. Eh? I'll give you an example. Some people ask me saying, uh, like sometimes someone will ask me, Apostle did you hear maybe let's say there was a Resurrection this time What do you think Okay now if I don't have the Facts on the ground here's the first thing The first thing I don't want is to give Myself an attitude where I don't believe it's Possible Hallelujah so if it Happened praise God If perhaps it didn't happen It has opened my eyes that it should be happening (laughs) That's the way I take it here's the trouble Listen are false prophets there yes Yes but the problem comes in when your definition of false prophet is somebody who does something supernatural. Then it becomes a problem. Then, then, then we've neglected the place for signs and wonders. Who says the only sign and wonder in the Bible is the healing of the sick and casting out of devils? Now let me talk. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I remember 2014 or 15, before a meeting, I heard the Lord say, At this meeting, there was a season I was very strange. The Lord told me, At this meeting, I want you to make someone taller. How many of you were there? Where there was someone who was shorter, and we made them taller. After the meeting, I was. You should have heard the criticism. Hey! What's the whole point of that? Who will it bring to salvation? Hey, Shan, Shan, Shan. Then I remember I was on a bus. I was on a bus some months later. And by then I was even planning to tone it down a bit. And I was on a bus. And then some guy said, Excuse me, are you Frederick? He said, Yes. And he said, I got saved at your meeting. I asked him what happened. And he says, Things were so bad in my life, I decided that I was going to take my life. So I decided to give God one more chance. And so, I'm, I'm just quoting his words. And so, someone invited me for your meeting, and I came for your meeting. And I came, I was like, ah, what can he do? And then I heard you say, okay, we're going to make somebody taller. And I looked at And I found my way past the archer and team to the front. And I said, God, if this works, I'll give my life to you. So you find in that meeting, God really didn't care about the hypocrites, who say they believe in miracles, but then the the moment they see one, it's an issue. You find he did all that just for that person's salvation. And the person says, because of that, I gave my life to Christ, and I didn't take my life away. Then the Bible say, the Jews want a sign, the Greeks want wisdom. Why can't we have both? No, if all you have is manna and quail, but you don't have the water, what will happen? If all you say is, no, us, we just believe the scriptures, but you deny the power. Then the Bible say you're in error because you know not the scriptures or the power of God. So meaning, if you deny the power but only have the scriptures, you're not complete. You've set up camp at the Red Sea. Or maybe you've set up camp at manna. But then there is a place where water comes out from the rock. I know I'm speaking in revelatory terms, but what I'm trying to say is the heart of a person who's genuinely pursuing God is revealed. I think it's Psalm 83. Psalm 84 verse 5. Look at what it says. You'll get it soon. In case you wanted to know, this is a revelation behind the city of the Lord church. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. God is calling for people whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. People who are, who are how can I put it? People who have set their hearts to discover their highest truths and live in them. There are higher truths. There are higher truths. Is it true that in the scriptures, God is the God who heals you? Yes. Is it true that he's the God who healed you? Yes. Is it true that he's the God who gives you health? Yes. Is it true that he's the God who gives you health and causes you to overflow that you can bring health to others? Yes! So what's the highest truth you should be going for? Health. And bringing health to others. That should be the highest truth you should go for. That should be the highest truth you should go for. (laughs) Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. Next verse as they pass through the valley of Baca, Baca simply means weeping they make it a spring the rain also covers it with pools, so this is what he's saying here we are, we've set our hearts on God, we are on a pilgrimage to discover the highest of the highest 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 levels, but as we are going the world around us is weeping, so what we are doing is that as we are passing through it, we are helping the world to get better, and as we are doing so, we are hoping most of them will join us on this pilgrimage, look at the next verse They go from strength to strength. You notice that scripturally, there are always higher dimensions. So you, the level of strength you're functioning on, is a higher one. You can go to a higher level of strength. The Bible tells us that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So you can, go, you can have a higher level of faith than the one you have now. You can function at a higher level of truth than the one you're functioning now. You can function in a higher realm of glory than the one you're in now. And so it says, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears of, before God in Zion. Now we know that the promised land is symbolic of Zion. So what are, what, what are we saying? For us, until that day we appear before God, we'll always be discovering the new. Of course, we're not going to depart from the foundations. That's why the foundations are there. You build on the foundations. But we'll always keep our hearts open for the more that God has released. We refuse to set camp at the Red Sea and just stay there. We refuse to camp at the Red Sea when there is manna in front of us. We refuse to come at manna when there are quails in front of us. Listen, we refuse to camp at quails when there is water from rocks in front of us. I don't know about you, but I refuse to camp at the sea. There are higher levels. Turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse to camp at the sea. A greater light to rule the day. We are children of the day. We are children of the greater truths. And that's why we are not insulting those of before. The Bible did prophesy that the knowledge of God would increase in our time. So some of them had the light for that time. And some set a good foundation. But what's the whole point of a foundation if we're not going to build on it? I've taught this because I want you to understand why we teach revelatory teachings. Because I'll tell you this. At the end of the day, my success as a pastor is simple. I was showing the people yesterday uh, Mark 6, 34, which is the scripture God gave me when I was starting to pastor. It says, Jesus looked at them. He saw a great multitude. That's why we have a great multitude. And he had compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. One year in church will be as though you've attended Bible school. Learning many things because there is more to discover. There is more to discover about how God works and who he is. There is more to discover about how God thinks. Why should you settle for no you know what I'm just going to end like this because you know his ways are not my ways his thoughts are not my thoughts but now that you're born again haven't you been given the mind of Christ meaning you can now think like God why should you settle for their righteousness like filthy rags when now that you're born again you can have his righteousness and not yours (laughs) an understanding of this will help you when you read the scriptures if you don't understand the aspect of greater truth, you'll be lost, especially with the Old Testament. A lesser truth to rule the night. Haven't you noticed that even the old, the Bible tells us it's called, the, the new is greater. A lesser truth to rule the night. And Jesus gave us a commission. He said, go make disciples, teaching them what I've taught you. People that believe and can function in the supernatural. People that pursue the very highest realms of the world, but also pursue the very highest realms of the spirit. People who are not ignorant about spiritual gifts. People who are not ignorant about the scriptures. That's the kind of disciples we want to raise. Tell your neighbor, I'm not camping at the Red sea. There are greater truths to pursue. I want us to have the attitude like that of Abraham. According to Hebrews 11 verse 9, the Bible tells us about Abraham, that by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him in the same promise, verse 10. And it tells us that he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham refused to build a house because there was something he was waiting for. He didn't know it. He didn't catch it yet, but there was a spiritual house he was waiting for. He was waiting to find a city that would be written this is the city of the Lord. My aim this morning was very simple. I'm here to challenge you that there are greater truths they are higher dimensions. They are higher levels. The most frustrating thing for a pastor is people who don't grow. That's why Paul said, by this time you ought to be teachers. But you still need someone to tell you, to teach you on the importance of coming to Church. Do this. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And yet there are hard truths. For example. I want you to raise your hand this year if you have uh, prayed. Like in your personal prayer in intercession, if you've prayed for someone... Not well. Like could just took time to intercede for somebody who wasn't well. Raise your hands, please. Okay. I want you to raise your hand if you have directly laid hands on someone who's not well and said, In Jesus' name be healed. Or raise your hands this year. Okay. I want you to raise your hand if you have directly prayed for someone, maybe in intercession. You've prayed for someone who you know is being oppressed or tormented by a demonic spirit. Raise your hand if you've done that this year. Okay. What about in person? If you've literally laid hands and prayed for someone who you know is being afflicted by a demonic spirit. Raise your hand. Look at that. What's the whole point of your What does 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 say? It says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, is given to each one for the profit of all. In short, you know what that means? Your your slowness in discovering the greater truths. Someone right now who's barren would have conceived had you discovered who you are. Means there's someone right now who's in a wheelchair who could be walking if you were to discover who you are. It means there's somebody who's not born again right now who could be born again. If you could come out of that shell you've put yourself in. Come out of that comfort zone. Come out of that at least I'm saved. Come out of that tent that you've built by the Red Sea and just move on and learn a bit of the scriptures so that you can share with someone. If you come out of that mindset that your role is simply to listen and yet you don't know that you come to church to be taught how to go in others, because you are supposed to be discipled and become like the very thing you are being discipled to. So you can imagine, we could have more people saved right now. As we speak, we could have more people listening to this teaching. But all you post on Instagram is your photo. You believe your photo will change nations. Now you can imagine we could have like someone right now their roommates would be coming to church but then because they've seen that prayer warrior's boyfriend coming to sleep in the room they can never listen to me by this time they ought to be teachers so yes we help them we'll bring them back But have we lost out on five or ten because people don't want to grow up? You're getting me. We could have more people on the mountain. We could have more people seeing visions. Someone would say, Apostle, won't that bring confusion? It's okay. We are trained to deal with such confusions and help people. We could have everyone seeing visions. We could have a case where if someone sits next to you, I may not know what's going on in their life, but you, you know. But most of us have decided to sit down and embrace the lower levels. No one is seeking after the higher. Very few are doing so. That's why the Bible says, I've said you are gods. And you find people are living like mere men. five years of being a believer every year you're lining up for a generational curse to be removed from your life every year when will you start removing them from other people's lives i will tell you once and for all the moment you agree to join this church I hope you know that from that moment what I become now is an instructor and I hope you know that the moment you agree to join this ministry or fulfilling the biblical commission of making you a disciple because you are a minister there are higher truths as you keep discovering them the truth is simply the revelation of the word the Bible says They will worship me in spirit and in truth. Higher levels of revelation will bring higher levels of worship. No one will have to say, Guys, your friends are in hospital. And you are here. And you don't want to sing for the Lord. Those are lower levels. Very low levels. That's if they're even part of the levels themselves. Because other people's unfortunate circumstances do not motivate us to worship. The higher levels is guys before we even say let's worship all of us we all know our God the Bible says no one will teach the other saying no God if there is a lesson no one will say it's no God there are higher levels there are people who believe they are sinners saved by grace I've not read what grace has done grace has changed that sinner part it has made them the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus They are higher levels They are higher levels higher levels how many people here are saying pastor I'm on a pilgrimage (laughs) I'm on a pilgrimage every time you see me I'll be at a come on every time you see me I'll be at a different level of glory Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You'll find you're getting more glorious by the day. All of a sudden, people you could not forgive, you're forgiving them. People that you couldn't smile at, you're smiling at them. Then it means you're functioning at a higher level. If you're still at the level of an eye for an eye, you're at a lower level. Because Jesus came to introduce the higher levels. Where you can get on your knees and genuinely intercede for someone who's offended you. You can get on your knees and genuinely pray, Oh God, help them. Oh God, bless them. I pray, Oh God, may no evil overcome them in Jesus' name. And that's a higher level and that's someone who's of where you can apologize just for the sake of peace, you can introduce as far as it depends on you, then you're seeking higher levels if I must mention something by the way when I've talked about higher levels I've mentioned a lot about faith but we do know that the greatest of all is love so mean the highest levels will cause you I'm not saying you'll be soft but you'll be loving agape everyone You will have everyone's best interest at heart. Even when you are being hard on them, it will be for their sake. You will not easily create enemies. Because for you, as far as it depends on you, you will do your best. There are higher levels. There are higher levels. How many have been blessed? Those who are not lifting their hands. Ha! Ah, God, I hope they've caught it. Have you caught it? Turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse to come at the sea. There are more things God wants to show me. And you know, give me Jeremiah 33 verse 1. Look at what the Bible says. It says "Ho!" Oh, verse 3 come to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you don't know. The Lord is saying, come up. There are higher levels. Come up. I've got purpose for you. Some people here feel purposeless. You feel like you lack identity. There is purpose for you in the higher levels. Peter found his purpose when he discovered higher revelations about who Jesus was. The ones who thought he was Elijah didn't discover their purpose. But when he discovered that he was the Christ, the son of the living God, through that he discovered that he was Peter. My friend, there are higher levels for you.